gentlemen, and everyone else, welcome to an another exciting edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Guess what? I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and you are joining me in my pleasure palace of professional wrestling. Alliteration is important, even though it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, this I, I do not live in a palace. Um, you know, there is a certain amount of pleasure here, you know, but it's not like this is not specifically what you know my 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 living space is is known for. Not necessarily for for pleasure. It's known for you know uh, sustaining me, keeping me warm at night. Uh, you know, protecting me from uh uh you know outside uh, uh forces, whether it be the weather, whether it be weirdos. And, you know, but it's a nice place. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, I'm not sitting around here and, you know, my place is, you know, it's trash. It's not trash. It's not a palace. You know, it's not a palace of pleasure. Like, I would say it is a homestead of hope. No, it is a, uh, it is a, 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 an establishment of, uh, a, extraordinary excess no that's not it either look bear with me palace of professional perfect what did i say palace of my pleasure palace of professional wrestling let's just go with that you know and make sure that everyone understands that i'm not trying to think say that i'm you know you know that i'm living in you know in a Top one percent situation, whatever you want to call it. Hi, <laughs> welcome, welcome everyone tonight to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Like I said, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and we are going to be talking about professional wrestling. That, you know, that's a very, very, that's a very way, to, uh, roundabout way to to do it. That's that you know, that's what I just did here, and I, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you guys are here. Uh, listening and gals and and, and, and non-binary pals that you're all here to listen to me chat about professional wrestling right here on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes because yeah look on youtube i record this live every thursday night 9 p.m eastern if you ever have the opportunity to pop in it's a good time lovely lovely friendly chat that i am i i, I am very very proud of the people who hang out, who come in and chat about wrestling, as I'm prattling on, I'm vi- good group of people, not smart, brilliant, accepting individuals, and I'm just glad that everyone's here again tonight. Look, like Robert Larry, Robert, you're a stalwart. Good to see you, Kelly Tonjes. Good to see you as well. We got Fantamark, our boy Ben, that you should follow at. Uh, 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 Facebook.com slash Phantomark82. He's always pumping out the great synthwave musics that he allows me to, to use with impugny. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. It's good to see you. Uh, AK Germany 96. Nice to see you as well, sir. Mr. Fretz is here too. How you doing, Fretz? Look, this is great. I just love this stuff. And, and you as well can come on in and join us live here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And it's just a lot of fun. And and if you, uh, but, but I also appreciate if you listen to this on demand, right? Uh, whenever you can, on your own accord, on demand, on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And that, that's, that's very cool as well. Thank you very much for taking the time to do it. And if you're listening to this right now, whether it's live, whether it's, it, it's later, 
consider giving the video a thumbs up. That kind of stuff really does help. It's the basic, it's the tiny wee little gesture that really does help out. It really does. It really helps. Uh, it really helps uh, the, the videos and the ch channel growth and whatever and whatnot. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, you can show us some love there as well. Because, yeah, you, you can listen to the Mr. Warren Hayes show in audio format. That's also very, very entertaining. Plus, you know, you don't have to you don't have to feel obligated to stare at my face the entire way, which I would say most people on the planet appreciate. <laughs> and you can show us some love there, too, with a review, a like, subscription, whatever you can do. That stuff, it's that stuff helps. It really does help, and that's the best way to grow to grow anything, is if you, the viewer, enjoy this and you, you do some retroaction. And you know what? If you're not a subscriber to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, and I hope you do consider to, I want you to know, like, I know sometimes I'm like, hey, why don't you subscribe? But you don't have to subscribe. In fact, I like to think that I earn your subscription. I like to think that I... That uh, by, you know, the, the the content that I put out, the wrestling discussion I put out there, the wacky zaniness that I bring to, to everything that we do um, as far as wrestling punditry. I like to think that if that if that's your speed, that you want more of that, you'll give me your subscription. And I'm very, very honored because we're so bombarded, right, with notifications right and left, up and down and sideways. I've never gotten a sideways notification. I've never got one, like, I've never got a sideways notification for anything. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> my point being is that, you know, your phone, your little device, your computers, whatever you, you use, you know, to stay on top of things. We're always getting, you know, emails and texts and then, you know, annoying Facebook things and, and, and then, you know, the Twitter stuff and then DMs popping up right and left. And then you've got, you know, your your secret Telegram accounts with which, you you know, you chat with your mistresses or your, you know, all of those things popping up at once. I can appreciate that you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't want any more YouTube notifications. That's fine. But, you know, if you do add me to your notifications, uh, I'd, I, I'd feel honored. I appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, Fretz, you you've been you've been an OG. You've been you've been here for a while. <laughs> I know that. Um, but thank you. I thank you very much for being here. And then look at this. DGMC is here. And Heather as well. Good to see you guys. Um so yeah. What was I talking about? Where are we at on the script? It's not as if I say that I, I say basically the same thing every week, and I'm like, where am I in the script? Belt to Bells. That's where we're at. <laughs> Belttobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. That's a website for your for your women's wrestling uh, um, stuff, right? For your all, everything that has to do with women's wrestling. This is you go to Belltobells.com, and we're going we're we're going to uh, uh, we're going to be talking about. Women's wrestling over there. We're wrapping up our huge series of interviews for the PWI 500, the women who showed up on the PWI 500 list this year. 25 interviews, video, written, audio, 
it's all there. And it's and it's such a great series. We talked to a whole bunch of women. And you know what's really cool is that it's when you talk to them, when you when we sit down and we interview, when we talk about the past year, they're really excited about their careers. They're really excited to be on the list, to be recognized and such, because the PWI 500 is, you know, it's venerable. It's been around for a while. So it's nice to be able to do that. And I was honored to be able to talk with so many of uh, the women who are on the list. And just as I was thrilled to have so many uh, women out there uh, doing the wrestling media thing who uh, who jumped in uh, to, to provide interviews as well so that they donated some time so that they could come over to and interview women for us, you know, like Sam Laterna and Emily and Emily. <laughs> I think those were two Emilys and 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 Candice and Alyssa. And I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, and they're gonna hate me. I'm gonna get an email. And they're gonna say, Warren, you forgot to to mention me. And uh I'm like, well, and I'll say I'm sorry. <laughs> but um uh, go check it out. And belltobells.com or on Twitter at belltobells. You follows follow us there. Um, these days I'm covering the G1, uh, climax over at New Japan. I have a whole series set up and I've been, uh, covering it every two nights. Once yeah, I cover two nights per episode, basically two nights of G1. Um, check it out, uh, right here on the channel. Uh, it's also available as a podcast as well. If you if not a lot of people are talking about the G1 this year and I can understand why, but the G1 has been pretty good. So if you want to jump in, if you want to get acquainted, if you just want to keep up, you know, you don't necessarily want it because you're finding New Japan rough. You just want to hear what's going on, right? Uh, I got you covered. Uh, I'm your hookup. You can come on in and we'll talk uh, and you'll listen to me talk to the G1. I even have a nice little playlist set up. Well, that's also fantastic. Really, really easy. Oh, and by the way, I was on uh, the Bammer Slammer Wrestling Podcast. What was it? Tuesday doing a mock draft, um, and, and that's over uh, at, uh, at our boys at the uh, Smack Raw podcast uh, the, uh, over on Twitch. They're all part of that, uh, of, the, uh, of that network, and it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed myself. Uh, if you want to hear me uh, pick uh, as my, uh, uh, my first pick of the first round of the draft, if you want to hear me pick Jackson Riker with your own with my own voice well then you go check that out please do it was a fun time and I appreciate them inviting me it was a good time thank you Bama Dave for that so go check it out uh you should also check you should also check out the Mr. Warren Hayes discord of course where the community gets together to talk about wrestling on a daily basis don't forget that don't forget to come to the post stream as well where I welcome all of the members of the Mr. Warren Hayes show channel who want to social support a little extra support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show and become a member of the channel right here. I do a post stream for members only after we talk through chat, through Discord calls. We talk about professional wrestling. We continue talking about it. And tonight we're going to be talking about the draft, the WWE draft. I'll, so if you want to share some thoughts, what the big moves are going to be, what the big things are coming up, come and join me immediately after we're done here. Members only. So consider becoming a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. Plus, you you know, you just show some support here so I can continue what I'm doing here uh, with uh, with gusto, with gusto. And uh, you can also join. So and, and on top of that, when you become a member, you get a whole bunch of emotes just for yourself. So that's fantastic. And you can also drop us a super chat 
and I will read your question or comment on the air. So it's, it's, it's all good stuff. Everybody wins then. <laughs> all right, let's get right to it. We've got a week to talk about of professional wrestling. Here we go. The Weekly Wrestling Inspection. I want to say hello to Big G who joined us as well in the chat tonight. And he popped in and was saying, did I miss the AEW talk? Well, as, as it's been, you know, the, the tradition over the past couple of weeks... I have been asking uh, everyone who joins me live as I'm warming up, as the pre-roll is going, I asked them what topic they would like me to to start uh, chatting about this week. And uh, chat decided that uh, we are going to be talking about last night's AEW Dynamite. So no, Big T, you did not miss the Dynamite talk. We're kicking things off with it tonight. Here we go. 66% of you wanted AEW Dynamite. So I I, I got to give the people what they want. Am I right? I am a man of the people. I'm not in this position here thinking to myself, I can do whatever I want willy-nilly without any consideration for what pe the people want. What the people want is... AEW Dynamite Talk, God damn it, I'm going to give them AEW Dynamite Talk. That's just how it goes. <laughs> I'm going into politics. I'm not. That's a, one of the things, wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think I'd be able to do that. I've had friends get into politics. And... I like when you're when you're a low level scrub, okay? Like when you're it's like anything, right? You don't jump into a political party and then you're like suddenly like everyone considers you to be like top shit, right? Cuz there's so many people, so many other people getting into politics who already think they're top shit and you think you're top shit. So everyone's like eh. you you have to prove yourself. You have to you have to put in the work. But you know what? It's uh, you have to put in the work and it's crazy the amount of work that you have to put in just to prove yourself, just to show that you can do this. I'm not, what do you mean student government? I'm telling you. This DGMC guy. Busting my balls. <laughs> hey, it's Aaron World Order Entertainment, formerly known as FKA. Good to see you. Last night's Dynamite I thought was a good show. I still think it's the uh, the best overall wrestling program uh, on television. Started off hot, 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 hot with Adam Cole defeating Jungle Boy. I thought this was a really good match. I thought it was uh, extremely well put together. Give it a lot of time too. How much time? How much time was it? Let me check this out here. Let's check this out here. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm ready for everything here. It's a live show. <laughs> Last night, yeah, 13 minutes and 39 seconds. 
that's a nice long TV match right there to, to kick everything off. And, you know, it's the the usual setup with Dynamite where you have where it's bookended with uh, really good matches, you know, a hot opener, fantastic finish. And then you get all sorts of sweets in between. So this was a lot. Of, this was good. This was a lot of fun. I thought it was a very, very good match. Crowd was super hot. I don't think Adam Cole will ever be able to be a proper heel. Like as far as reactions from the audience, right? I don't. And especially, you know, as especially as, as long as, you know, he does the Adam Cole baby stuff, you know, that because that's over as hell. But it doesn't bother me. And I and and it didn't bother me when he was in NXT either. And I know it bothered a lot of people where it's like, the crowd, they should they should uh, he you know, he's a he's a heel, he should be he shouldn't be cheered. Turn him baby face, turn him baby face, you know, all that stuff. I'm gonna be talking about crowd reactions and turning and whatnot in just a couple of seconds here. Uh, but this was really good, and um, you know another uh, another big L for our boy Jack Jungle Jack. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a testament to. No, here's the thing. Okay, I remember very very distinctly, just a couple of years ago, right? Uh, the um, just a couple of years ago, I was saying that Jurassic Express, you know, and Jungle Boy, if they keep eating L's, they're going to, at some point, people are going to stop cheering for them because who wants to cheer a loser? And I still believe this. I don't think anyone, I don't think you get behind someone who loses a lot. At, at some point, you're like, nah, you know, I, I can only throw my support behind someone who constantly gets L's to a certain degree. But... I think that AEW manages to keep its its uh, mid card extremely hot with great talent by not letting the losses come across as crushing defeats or come across as you should not get invested in this guy. You know how we often talk about looking good in defeat, how that's possible. I think this is something that AEW is very good at. Of course, for the talent that they want to do it for, because you know, there's some there's some people like you know, Brian, you know Brandon Cutler's just going to be a loser. He's going to lose. He's and he's going to keep losing. That's fine. But you know, a guy like Jack Perry, Jungle Jack, Jungle Boy, the boy of Jack Jungle, Jungle's boy. I think that's how I'm going to call him moving forward, Jungle's boy. Jungle's boy has. Uh, he's always been a guy that I've been super high on. I don't quite understand why they're not pulling the trigger on him. Maybe because he's so naturally over because of his in-ring ability, his uh, his connection that he has with the audience, which is very, very uh, his own and important. Like, I don't know how he manages to do it because he's, I don't think he's naturally charismatic, you know? I don't think he's a naturally charismatic guy, but he has this connection. Like, he's handsome, don't get me wrong. 
I don't feel weird saying he's handsome, saying another man is handsome. Do you feel weird? Me saying that? Does that make you feel weird? Make you make you feel something? <laughs> um the my the point I'm making here is that Jack Jungle's boy is very despite his losing record is he always pulls off great performances and he has that you know that I'll root for you underdog energy that is really really important I think that's how he pulls it off and 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 AEW uses him well so you know I, this is something where I've been proven wrong where I'm I was convinced that they have that they had to start putting him in positions where he was going to win and pull off the big matches and he hasn't he's been losing the big matches he's been you know he, he's effectively like a a, a, J, a JTTS at this point but he's still over it still works people are still excited to see him Adam Cole is is Adam Cole he's great He's gonna. He's really going to. He's going to fit in so well in AEW. He really is. Like already with the elite stuff and everything, that was fantastic. Good little segment after as well, where the elite were all talking shit in the ring. No Don Callis. Brian Danielson comes out after Kenny Omega says that he will never. Give Brian Danielson a rematch after their five-star class. Did I talk about the fact about the five-star class? I don't know. Look, maybe it's, uh, you know, a full week removed at this point. I'm trying to remember exactly what I said in that regard. But, like, as good as the match was, I don't think it was a five-star match. I know everyone got excited because... Uncle Dave gave uh, Daniel Bryan his first five-star match, and that's fine, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. I talked about the fact. I talked about Daniel Bryan getting his first, that's right, his first five-star match uh, in regards to everything that he did in WWE, despite all the great matches that he did there. Okay, yes, yes now I remember. So this was officially his first five-star match. And, you know, with, you know, uh, maybe a week of separation, you know, with the emotions finally being, you know, subsiding... Um, I kind of look back on the match and I'm like, look, it was a, f don't get me wrong. One of the greatest television matches that was ever put on, right? This, that stuff was amazing, but I'm not quite sure that I wouldn't call it a five-star match. Like, like it, it, it won't, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I wouldn't put it in my top five of the year, you know? Top ten, maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, we're we're go we're getting there. Going through the G one. You know, G one is usually a, a a cavalcade of five star matches. We haven't been getting them yet, though. I don't think there's there's been match of the year contenders. Just excellent matches, but but this is it, you know it was very good. It was a very very strong, very 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 strong match, but. I don't know. Hmm. Five stars, but look, 
the point is, is that Kenny Omega's like, look, you got you got your big match. You got your 30 minutes out of me. You pushed me to my limit. Thank you very much, Brian Danielson. Uh, now move on to other things. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, he doesn't give a shit anymore. He's not, he's not like, you know, Mr. Yes guy. He's not, you know, coming out to to you know to fight for his position. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no. You, sir, Mr. Omega, you are clearly uh, you clearly have no balls. That's exactly what he said. And got the the audience to chant, um, um, uh, Kenny no balls, right? Or no balls, Kenny. I don't remember what was the order of the cadence there. I love the AEW audience, but I love AEW for spearing this on because I've heard, like, this chant is fantastic. I thought the piece of shit uh, chants that uh, Christian Cage got uh, the audience to chant in regards to um, Don Callis was also fantastic. And I don't know if this ever came across on TV, and I think it was at the Rampage. I think it was at the United Center Rampage uh, show I don't or was it in Milwaukee I don't remember but one of the shows that I saw live one of the AEW shows that I saw live uh there was a very organic chant I think it was at the Milwaukee show very organic chant of Pepto Bismol towards Don Callis who was wearing that very Pepto Bismol like pink suit <laughs> right which was completely spot on and just spurred on by the audience just like very very spontaneously so you know i i, I like these uh, i like these chant alongs for um for, for for uh for wrestling matches like that for, for during wrestling matches and wrestling shows that's what you're supposed to do right that was a lot of fun uh jk schwal in the chat confirms yes thank you jk and good to see you welcome because jk was at the milwaukee show I have the picture to prove it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so so the segment was good, and then Daniel Bryan has he he brings out Jurassic Express to back him up. Christian Cage, uh, Frankie Kazarinens, Frankie Frankie though should have got a couple of solid wins over some people in the elite because you know the whole elite killer thing. Or at least they need to remind us why he's pissed off at them. Need to make it personal because I think it's kind of slipping. I don't know. Um, he cut, you know, it's kind of, you know, but whatever, you know, his role is what it is. But I like this, you know. Like that Daniel Bryan comes out and he's got like all these people backing him up. And you know what's fun? You know what this reminds me of? Reminds me of old school Survivor Series, right? Where it's just like, you know, you had all these people, you had all these people just banding together, banding together, not banning, banding together because they don't like the other group. And they're just like loosely attached. There's no affiliation. They're not, they're not, they're not a team. They don't have like a name. They, they're not wearing you know, matching t-shirts or, you know, the same colorful bandanas or whatever, you know, <laughs> or do-rags. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're just, it kind of reminds me of that. Give me that kind of energy. It's like, you know, no, we're just coming together because we don't like the other guys. We have a common enemy kind of thing. I like that. 
Anyway, fun segment. And this is setting up Daniel Bryan versus Nick Jackson. And I have been keeping away from spoilers because Rampage is this was this is a match that was announced for Rampage tomorrow, Friday. Uh, and uh, I've been keeping away from spoilers. But but what I have read about the match, though, is that it is phenomenal and that it is something special. And I am not surprised because Nick Jackson is extremely good at professional wrestling. He's so, so good at wrestling. Much, well, no, I don't want to say much more than his brother, but I think Nick has much more of the natural uh, attributes to be a really good pro wrestler. Like if, 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 God forbid, something were ever to happen to Matt, and I'm, yeah, I'm not wishing any ill uh, uh, on him, but if anything were to happen that the Young Bucks couldn't go forward anymore, Nick would be fine. Nick is a is an absolute, uh, absolutely fantastic professional wrestler. So I'm not surprised that he gets locked up with Daniel Bryan, and it's amazing. And um, and um, and and and, um, and I like it because it's the kind of match that a lot of people out there weren't necessarily clamoring for when Bryan Danielson joined AEW. They weren't like, oh, my dream match with Nick Jackson. No, they were more like, my dream match which, with Kenny Omega. My dream match with um, uh, Ray Phoenix. My dream match with uh, uh, with CM Punk. Whatever, you know, even though you know, it's happened. But you know what I mean? So this one is, is going to catch us by surprise. And I can that's something that I can dig. Uh, I, that's something I can dig. I can get behind that. Um, anyway, fun segment, setting a whole bunch of stuff up. You know, it, proof that you don't need like 12-minute promo packages to set up some feuds. You really don't. Then we got a six-man tag team uh, last night as well. Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley defeating Anthony Green and Bear Country. Short little match, you know, top guys against jabrones or against, not jabrones, but, you know, under dudes. The guys who are not that far up high on the uh, pecking order. It was, it was fine. Exactly, It did exactly what needed to be done. I like their continuing like this affiliation. Like Kingston and, and, and Moxley are, they're pals, they're buddies, they're joined at the hip, they're they're a thing, right? They're a duo, they're a pair, they're a, a team, they're a, a combo, right? And and Darby is like a, you know, he's a salad, he's a satellite around those two guys. Like he pops in once in a while, he's like, oh, I, 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 would you you guys need someone to fight? Uh, sure, Darby. Gee, didn't didn't see you back there. Uh, yeah, just, is it okay? I was just hanging out here, just you know, taking a shower. How were you taking a shower, Darby? That's like it's just a it's just a corner. Um, I have a I have a rag. You have a rag. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wet rag, and I just like take it and then I. You know, I twist it over my head and then the water falls on me. It, it's like it's, a, it's like a shower. 
Sure, Darby, you can come fight with us. Yeah, let's just... We'll just talk about matches moving forward. Um, so this was fine. Yeah, and, and good to see Anthony Green uh, getting some uh, getting some shine there on Dynamite. Happy for like I'm glad that a lot of these uh, that a lot of these guys and 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 gals that uh, that AEW uh, that WWE fired that they're landing on their feet. Getting some work back on the indies, but look at this. On top of that, getting big time tryouts on uh, on dynamite and stuff. I like that kind of. Uh, that makes me happy. So that was good. Bear Country is still very green. They're still very very. They're I I'm not feeling them. I know a lot of people are very very high on them. They have a fantastic look. Don't get me wrong. You know they've got the intensity. There's a lot of good stuff to it, but there's. Uh, Still an unfinished product. After the match, Sting does a scorpion death drop. <laughs> and I like the face that he made. He was like, well, I might as well give you, a, let's go for a cheap pop, everyone. And he hits it. And like, That's fantastic. Um... We got a six-man, 16-man tag team match. Orange Cassidy in the Dark Order. We're talking Alan Angels, Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, John Silver, Stu Grayson, and 10. Taking on the Hardy family office. Matt Hardy, Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, George Ole. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mark Quinn, uh, the blade and the, the butcher and the blade too. Uh, you can't sit here and look at this match and be like, and, and, and be overtly critical about it. That's not what this is. That's not what this was for. That That's not what it was for. It was not, it wasn't your work rate classic where you're going to sit down and, and pick apart, you know, this, this, this match. Like, oh, this guy missed his spot. In a, they, we were in Rochester, New York. This was the birthplace of Brody Lee. And last night was meant to be a, a tribute show to him. Because it was the first show that they were running in his hometown. They were supposed to run it last year, but uh, COVID kept it from happening. So Minus One was there. Amanda Huber was there. So... It was just like good times, good feelings, and they wove they wove the um, the storyline of the Dark Order break threatening the Dark Order threatening to break up over the past couple of weeks. They wove it into to, that into last night, where it's like okay, now now we're it everything's okay, people are cool, everyone's fine, everyone's back together because. We love Brody Lee so damn much, and we want to we want to honor him. Evil Uno got his act together. You know, he, he was being a dick during the match. I was like, "Oh no, come on now!" I like the Dark Order. I like the gimmick. I I I, I enjoy. I enjoy the shenanigans. I think it's fun. This was for what it was. Perfect. A 
did I skip the, I did skip the Nightmare Family match. What the hell am I doing? Someone's got to keep me honest here. Beep boop, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. I did skip it. Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeated Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Before we get into the crux of this, um, Dante Martin is a special, special lad, isn't he? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to... There's something about Dante Martin, the way he wrestles and the fan reaction that he gets that reminds me tremendously of Ricochet when he was on the independent circuit and was like the talk of the town where he was a, a literal indie darling, right? He Dante Martin, the, the, the reception that fans give Dante Martin and the excitement they see to to they, they 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 express when they see him is a um it's special and it reminds me of that it brings me back to that i know a lot of people are like oh when he comes back with his brother it's going to be amazing and i'm like i has he has he kind of outgrown top flight already you know because sure like bring the tag team back but we already know who the star is here and um, I look if if they can have a good run in the tag having a good run in the tag division in AEW is not like the death knell that it is elsewhere. So good, you know, sure. But right now he's just like like I said, like he, he I have that vibe. He he's he gives off that kind that same type of energy that people when people get excited to see him. So Cody here is a dick. This is this is this has to be your takeaway. Right? He, the, he's huddling with with coach Anderson and uh he's huddling with coach Anderson and Lee Johnson and coach says, "Lee, you're going to start this off." And everyone goes, "All right, okay." And Cody goes in the ring and starts the match. I like this. And 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 then and then you know the reception, of course, he get he gets booed again. And and then we, we the, the the we go through the match and you know Cody's acting a little weird and then and then towards the end Lee Johnson tags himself in and gets the win for for his tag team. I'm like, this. They had started hinting that the you know this nightmare family stuff was falling apart. I hope I hope it does, <laughs> because you know I don't know what's been. It hasn't been that useful. I think Cody's been useful, but I'm not sure that you know this in itself has been useful. Anyway, he. I'm, I'm, I, there's so many things I want to say at once. Where to start? Um, I don't understand why. I, I don't understand the reaction that people are getting saying, look, people hate Cody. Okay. It's like, I, oh, sure. He's getting, he's getting 
negative reactions. He's supposed to be a baby face. Is he supposed to be a baby face? Maybe, I, I guess. Maybe. Maybe he's had behavior which is closer to uh, to being a, a, a baby face than a heel, I guess. But, you know, Cody has always... Well, he's said before, right? Uh, you know, that heels and baby faces is an antiquated concept and he doesn't believe in it anymore you know and you know that would create a certain amount of controversy but l look last night and 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 um at the arthur ash show as well and cody has always come out in the middle you you guys know right the when you're facing your television the right hand tunnel is the babyface tunnel and the heel one is the left, right? You, you've you noticed this by now. And if you haven't noticed, probably someone's pointed out to you, <laughs> you haven't noticed. Cody comes out in the middle. Cody Rhodes comes out in the middle. He has his little platform and he raises up. He doesn't come out from any of those specified tunnels. And last night, just like at the Arthur Ashe show, he comes out in the middle. Arn Anderson comes out from the babyface tunnel. Who comes out of the heel tunnel? His wife, Brandy Rhodes. These are no mistakes. This is what's fascinating to me is that you there 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 are people arguing out there in on the internet that Cody Rhodes is clueless. And doesn't understand what's going on in regards to how people are reacting to him in regards to how, you know, how he should be acting. And that boggles my mind. A guy who is self-aware enough of what he's doing in wrestling to say, I am coming out through the middle. If he is getting boos or cheers, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's getting reactions. Do you think it was a mistake for Malachi Black to get cheered. I don't think it was. I think Cody understands fully the type of reputation that he's developing with a certain core of fans who are quite vocal in expressing their displeasure at the presence of Cody Rhodes doing Cody Rhodes things. Whereas if you take it objectively and you take a step back, Cody Rhodes has done more for the company, has put over more stars in AEW than anyone else. He has created new guys. I know that I'm a broken record at this point, but I'm going to keep hammering this home. Because people who think that he, he that they don't know that he doesn't know what he's doing, that he's not tapped into the business, is weird. Because and I've noticed these are the same or close to the same people, right? Who used to say Cody has his finger on the pulse of the business. He knows he knows what the fans want. He knows what 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 makes them tick on the independent circuit. He knows what, and now suddenly he doesn't get it. Because you don't like Cody because there's areas of his personality that maybe irk you the wrong way, which is my case. 
But you can't turn around and say that he doesn't understand what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And here's something else. They're taking those reactions, they're paying attention to them, and they're adapting the in-ring stories and whatever to the crowd reactions. My God! Like, just like a wrestling promotion should do. Oh, Cody's getting mixed reactions. Well, let's lean into it and do some, let's do some middling stuff. Let's make him be a jerk. Let's make him, you know, kind of be an ass to Arn and so on and so forth. Let's lean into it. Again, we've been conditioned for the better part of two decades by a single wrestling company that kept telling us week after week, no, you guys, even if you guys are chanting this, we want you to chant this regardless. You don't like this guy? Well, we, we're going to make, we're going to force feed this guy to you. We listen to our fans and when everything shows the opposite and then you finally get a promotion that is clearly listening to its fans. That is clearly paying attention to the reactions that are happening in the live crowd. And people are like, uh, Cody, no one gets him. Uh, Cody should be a heel. Uh, Cody, uh, Cody, Cody doesn't, uh, he, uh, he doesn't quite get what's going on. He's, uh, uh, he's, he's too detached. He's not. It's so weird. And again, this is the weird thing, is that I don't like I don't like Cody all that much. And yet I find myself <clears throat> here every week or every two weeks, it feels, at bare minimum, defending him. Because objectively, he's doing everything right. He's doing everything he said he would do. <clears throat> He'd create new stars for his company and pay attention to what the fans want. If something isn't working, we're going to pivot and we're going to try something. They're listening to the reactions. They're, they're, they're adapting as we go along and people are still finding fault with it. It is the most bizarre thing. And I understand that. I understand that Cody is one of these wrestlers that just generates these very um uh, uh these very uh, uh, uh um uh, irrational feelings in people because they have the impression that he's such a dope right i don't get it i don't understand it anyway of course the the big thing that happened the 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 thing right <laughs> Uh, is um, the big thing that happened was that Arn promo after the match when um, when Lee Johnson got the win for the team. And Arn just, he just starts completely trashing Cody, right? Telling him you're, you know, you're, a, you, you're soft, essentially. Calling him a bitch. Saying you're, you're the kind of guy and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember exactly, but you're, you're the kind of guy that if someone jerks open your car door, jerks your car door open, I think is what he said, <laughs> and 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 threatens you 
to give up your car, carjacking you, you'll say, okay, sir, whereas I will pull out a Glock and spill his brains all over the pavement, something like that. I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. That escalated so quickly. got a Glock like was was Arn Anderson involved in gang wars and we just don't know about it because that was it was such a good wild promo that just arrived completely out of nowhere I thought was brilliant I just started crying I was laughing so hard what a and you know, it's just that, it's that level of just absurd wrestling talk that, and just, it just went a little over, just a little over the top, you know, just, just enough where you're like, ah, and you, no one was expecting it. No one was expecting, you know, Arn Anderson, our uncle, <laughs> uncle Arn <laughs> coming out of here and say, I'll, you know, I'll kill a dude. And the memes today were fantastic. Right? Weren't the memes... Wasn't today an absolute delight? Looking at all the memes coming across all the internet for, for Arn Anderson and his, and his Glock. Just some pristine stuff. Hey, Arn fires Cody. Isn't that the chat? Isn't that the vibe you got? Isn't that how you feel? Yeah. Didn't Arn fire Cody on the spot because he's like, "Look, I'm I'm done with you." You know, and, and at least, and then he's like, "At least Lee listens," kind of thing. How is that going to work? Is Arn is Arn like rebuilding the the Horsemen, but now it's like the the Pistoleros. <laughs> I think it's great stuff. I think it's great. And look, if you don't think that they're not leaning into Cody being disliked and just people gonna he does whatever he wants, look, aren't saying I don't like you anymore. They know what they're doing. This is good stuff. Can only imagine what Arn was carrying during the days, right? During the territory days. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he probably just wasn't carrying a shiv, right? I kind of feel like he had bare minimum, bare minimum. Arn Anderson was probably walking around with a sawed-off shotgun. Bare minimum at this point. I wonder what he... Is Brock Anderson packing heat too? Like, how far does this go? <laughs> Want to say hello to Justin Firestein. Good to see you, Justin. And look at here. It's our boys from Between Two Beards over at the good, good folks that love wrestling. Joe Pura Jr. and Pluggo. Welcome, guys. I like to, th you know what I'm, Pluggo is going to be my legacy 
to the wrestling community. Because you may, may you may know or you may not know that Pluggo used to, or maybe he, I don't even know if you still do it. I'm sorry, man. I apologize. But he used to run, uh, or he runs Wrestling Plug Inc., successful Facebook page. And when I started talking with him, like, I didn't know what his name was. I didn't know what his real name was. So, it's, and he was, a, he's a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. And I started calling him Pluggo and it stuck. Everyone started calling him Pluggo. And I was the originator. I'm the OG. I, I fed him that gimmick. That's my gift to the community. <laughs> That's my legacy there. Pluggo, you're my legacy. I'm on the nonsense tonight a kind of bit. It's because I've been having um, Mexican Coca-Cola. Coke bottled in, in, in Mexico. So it's like they use real sugar and, you know, whatever else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I can kind of feel it in the tippy tips of my fingers. Did you guys watch Roads to the Top, by the way? Chat. If you watched Roads to the Top last night, type one in the chat. Um, I don't want to break it down because I don't know. I didn't. Here's what I'm good. Okay. Here's what I like about it. I like, um, I, I really, really liked like the backstage access. I think that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the little segments that they had with other wrestlers like Ricky Starks. Like looking like he's about to crack because he's been told by uh, AEW Medical that he won't be able to wrestle for months, you know, and he's and he's holding the tears and he's like, oh, you feel bad for the guy. Like they baby faced him hard, you know. I really like that stuff, but man, uh, look, I've watched my fair of reality television, okay. And I think it is a C minus level reality show. I because it, it's not that compelling. And Cody and Brandy are kind of boring. They're I I I don't find them interesting. Now, Cody's sister, Teal Runnels, she pops on. And she just steals the whole goddamn show. She is absolutely fantastic and is the reason anyone should watch this show. Like, she's just dripping with personality. It started to... And then you started to taste it. And you're like, oh, this, this is good stuff. And then, all I wanted was Teal. I wanted more Teal, and I want more Teal next week. I want Teal to have her own show. I want Teal on Dynamite. I want Teal to manage Nyla Rose. Get rid of Vicky Guerrero. Put in Teal Runnels. Have her manage Nyla Rose. Fantastic stuff. I love it. I thought it I That, love her. I thought Jade Cargill was perfect for what they were having her do. The role that they have her on, you know, sort of like this worker, friend, confidant kind of thing. Lovely stuff. I think she's very good at it. The the forced heat, this 
imaginary backstage heat that she had with Red Velvet. Is so corny. But I get it. Look, look, I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. I know the reality in reality television is more of a suggestion than actual than actual facts. There is no reality in reality. Everything is fabricated, right? I wasn't born yesterday. Plus, on top of that, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a I can smell bullshit a mile away, okay? The whole thing where, where they sit down at the fucking wine tasting, and I'm like, what am I looking at? Why? How is this interesting? They And they have Jade come and, oh, I invited Red Velvet because I figure that, you know, if I want them to get along, might as well put them in situations where they need to work together. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then the ladies bless their hearts. Jade and Red, they did the best with this shitty material. But, I mean, that it was all so put on. It was just all put on. And it was so cringe. But I was laughing. I, I, all I could do was laugh at, at how corny it was. I can't, and that anyone would, would believe that. I'm like, eh. But it's not very good. It's not very good. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again. Unless, maybe on reruns, when people tell me Teal was fantastic. Look, anyone watching, listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show right now, this is my plea. This is my request. Not a plea. A request to you. If you keep watching Roads to the Top, and there are moments where Teal Runnels is running wild in the show, I want you to tell me. Warren, you can't miss this week's Roads to the Top because Teal just swallowed Cody and Brandy's baby. I'm there. <laughs> and people were calling her a Karen. She's not a Karen. That is not a... What she is, is not a Karen. She... I think people were just calling her that because she's she's a little bitchy, likes to get what she wants. She's blonde, a little older, and I think like, oh, she's a Karen. But but no, that's not what a Karen is. I'm sorry to say, Teal Runnels is not a Karen. Teal, I'm a Teal Runnels fan. All right, this is how it's gonna go moving forward. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Roads to the top. The, see, the thing is, is that, look, I think, I, I think the main problem with, with the show was that it was established, they established it as, or they started it off as if they were, as if we all, they, the, the, the producers expected us to know, like, in detail who all of these people are, and especially how Cody and, 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 and Brandy are. Now, when they're at the show to begin with, right? In Jacksonville, the, the, the first backstage passes that we have. Cody and Brandy are putting over the fact, you know, saying, oh, you know, we do a live show. So it's like, it's chaos. We're running left and right. And we're, you know, Cody's saying, like, I'm always busy. I try to sit down and do something. And then every 30 seconds, there's someone coming knocking on my door. That's fine. That's the nature of the job. But, you know, so it's like, it's supposed to be this chaos, right? 
Now, I want you to think back. For those of you who did watch it, I want you to think back the first time, like, you actually see Cody, like, in a scene there. He's like, he comes into this room, right? Like, hi, I'm Cody. And Tony Khan is there. And Cody sits down in a chair. And he sort of, like, lounges back like this. And he's going. And he's going. Hey. Hey, Tony. Yeah, so I got a promo tonight. And Tony's like, oh, you got a promo tonight? Yeah, I'm going to do a promo tonight. And it's, you know, it's going to be a big one. And, and I'm like, this is this doesn't come across as chaos and nutsoid. Cody looks exhausted. He's lounging back in a chair. This doesn't feel like edge of your seat, last minute, live, uh, live TV prep. You know what I mean? And then, and then Brandy, when, when you see her, she's like talking to... Another guy giving directions on, uh, you know, on how to light Jade Cargill. It's like, yeah, the light should come from here. There's no running. You don't feel this chaos. You're like, okay. And then when they're at home, you don't have. Cody bakes a cake. Cody bakes a cake. I bake cakes all the time. Like, it's not a big deal. And it's not. You can either from scratch. From scratch, it's a little harder. I concurred, but you can go buy a fucking box of Duncan Hines and 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 do it on your own, and you can come across as a you know as someone who should have a bakery, uh, you know, in Soho in New York kind of thing, and so he bakes the cake, and I'm like, and 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 then Brandy comes in and says, "You baked the cake? Uh, what?" And it and they're acting like it's a big deal, but if we had seen that this was a big deal. Right? If they had, instead of telling us, well, Cody doesn't, uh, Cody doesn't necessarily do uh, very good in the kitchen and actually show us Cody like trying to fix, I don't know, fix a grilled cheese sandwich and he burns it because he's a, whoop, he's a bit of a dunce in the kitchen. Then maybe the cake thing would have been like, oh, look at him baking a cake, you know, kind of thing. But I was like, I was looking at this, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> they just didn't take the time to establish a relationship, what these people are good at, what they do. We did see Pharaoh, though. Pharaoh's the star of the show, right after Teal Runnels. Anyway, that's my that's my review of Roads to the Top. So please, 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 please uh, keep me posted. In regards to uh, what we're doing, what we're doing for what, 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 what please keep me posted on appearances of Teal Runnels on TNT's hit hit new reality series. Came in 16th in the ratings. Dynamite was number four on cable last night, I think. And uh, Roads to Riches, Roads to the Top came in f- 16th overall. I don't know if that's a good thing. I, I I don't know how reality series perform. 16th overall doesn't seem good, especially when your lean-in, your lead-in to the show is the show that people are watching and, you know... Dynamite is the lead into Roads to Riches, so they're expecting some bleed, right? I don't know. 
Because I'm thinking roads to riches, roads to the whatever, roads, the roads less traveled is whenever you have a new show, you're always going to get a big bump in the first few weeks or the first episode for sure because there's the curiosity factor people want to tune in and then it goes down a bit and then it sort of stabilizes that's usually how tv shows go usually right so it's it's probably i don't know i hope it doesn't like i wouldn't want it to bomb i don't want it to bomb because i think because i want the tnt i want the turner aw relationship to be great i want them to to make all sorts of great content together so that AEW can have a long, prosperous life and can and, and can charge Turner millions of dollars for their um uh for their for for licensing. I I that's what I want. So I want these spin-off projects to work, even if they're not for me, even if I think they're kind of they're, they're kind of lame. Look, as it stands right now, as it stands right now. Like I was chatting with Matt Kuhn on um, on Twitter last night. I think the best possible programming move that TNT can do now moving forward with AEW is to have Arn Anderson and Teal Piper do a road trip across the United States. You know, an armed tri- road trip across the United States. I think that's what you do, a kind of a Bonnie and Clyde thing where they're not necessarily robbing banks. You know, but they're just causing general mayhem as they go along. That That's a show. That's something that we should turn into. You call it uh, Glock and Teal. Oh, that sounded a lot funnier in my head because I was thinking of a Glockenspiel. Right? You guys know what a Glockenspiel is. Like a, like a xylophone, but German. No? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you, Ben, for reminding me, yes, that I can cook I can cook a cake, but I, I can definitely cook a ham too. I'm looking forward to cooking a Smithfield ham soon. I haven't talked about hams on the stream for a while. You remember, the, I I like me a good ham. I think hams are I think hams are good, but you got to be careful. You know, don't go any. And Smithfield, here's the thing, right? Is that it, it is a it, it's a it's a ham that is uh, specially aged in uh, in the country over in Vermont. There's a town called Smithfield, Vermont, Virginia, not Vermont, Virginia, excuse me, Smithfield, Virginia, and they cure, they smoke their hams perfectly, and and they're aged in this, like, this deep, salty, red-colored brine, and it has a really, like, it's, it's super pungent, it's expensive as hell, and you need to cook it like for hours, nice and slow, but it is a delight. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew. Like, I really like ham. I am a big, big fan of ham. Serrano ham is also something really fun. That's 
you can only like it, it, it's thin sliced ham like prosciutto like that maybe some of you know what prosciutto is more than serrano ham but like it's specifically made in Spain and I've been to Spain a couple of times and I just binge on this stuff because the, the way that it's cured it's not it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, 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 meet uh, health and safety guidelines in Canada. So while I'm in Spain, I'm like, fuck my 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 weak Canadian constitution. I am eating all of this around my can. And it is so good. Like it's it's nice and extremely salty, thinly sliced, and and if you get it properly, like it, properly eaten, you you go to a, a restaurant or a butcher's and he literally has the the hogs leg and he's slicing it straight off the leg it's amazing yeah iberian that's it it's all the iberian ham fifth generation carney joseph good to see you and look it's our boy conrad from everything pro wrestling over here as well who are arriving right on time for the ham discussion okay i am off topic something fierce tonight Anna Jane Tay Conchi defeated Penelope Ford in the Bunny last night as well. Good little match. Good little match. That was fine. Um, I, I think Ty was a standout in this match. I really think that she was head over heels. She was much better than everyone else in this match, I find. She's really come a long way and... Uh, she should be considered like one of the top women in 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 that uh, in their division right now. She's really good. Oh, we had some other segments. We had okay. We had okay. So Leo Rush. Oh boy. Okay. So Leo Rush is is back to back to wrestling. Right. He's back in AEW or back anyway. You know, he's in AEW now. And 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 they had uh, they had this um, this weird character for him where he's he's I don't I don't understand what he was talking about leveraging money doing loans to invest in other companies so that he can pay back the loans but then it, the investments pay I don't understand look I can barely ch- balance my own checkbook so I don't. Leo Rush's character last night is probably the least relatable wrestling personality for me out there right now. Of course, the discourse, uh, well, before we get into the discourse, I find it weird that in a in a company where most characters on, and I did, you know, I'm doing air quotes here for those of you who weren't watching, for a company who's focused on, you know, who most of the wrestling characters they have are just guy who likes to wrestle. I don't know why they're leaning so hard with this, you know, money mogul uh, thing that uh, Leo Rush is doing when Leo Rush is a uber athletic once in a lifetime super charismatic wrestler that should just be 
that should be just let go and be like, okay, just go out there and razzle dazzle everyone because that's what he can do. I don't, it's weird to me. Because I, I don't think it, like, I don't think it, 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 it fits him. You know what I mean? And of course, well, then the discourse after that is, oh, you rush is back. I thought he was retired. Make up your mind then, blah, blah, blah. And of course, this is the kind of thing that I was, that I, again, I don't understand. First of all, I can only assume that people who got mad that a retired wrestler unretired himself to wrestle again can only assume that people who got mad for that are new to wrestling because I've I've grown I I've grown uh immune to that impervious to it it doesn't bother me it doesn't it it doesn't even I don't even shed skin <laughs> you know it's like I've seen wrestlers unretire themselves. Look, the one guy that made that held on to it and made me believe that he will indeed, that he will indeed never unretire for a match. The one guy who had me believing it was Shawn Michaels, and look at what he did. Right? From this point on, it's like I you can say you're retired, but just like I it doesn't mean shit. And I think wrestlers know. I think that I think it's part of the gimmick, you know? So to get upset about it is like, okay, whatever. It's your freedom. You can, you know, do whatever you whatever you want. But you know but my the main question is what how how does it impact your appreciation for the wrestler or not? I can't trust what he says. He's a liar. It's wrestling, right? It's just, it's just it's it's wrestling. It happens all the time. If you're a fan of Leo Rush, you're happy. If you didn't like Leo Rush in in the first place, you, well, you're not gonna like it. I'm look. I'm glad that he's back. I think wrestling is better off with Leo Rush putting on extraordinary matches in it with us. I think we're better off watching Leo Rush perform than not. I hope he's okay. I hope mentally he's in a good place. He seems to be. He's been letting on that he and Tony Khan have been having chit-chats and that's good. But if you... If you're mad and you're like, I uh, Leo Rush can suck a dick because he retirement stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you probably didn't like him in the first place. Or you're clasping on to something that has no real importance or relevance, which is wrestlers retiring. It, it doesn't matter because there is no such thing as a true wrestling retirement. There's always something. We've been we've been jerked around that so many times. It's like the Hall of Famers, right? They should all be retired, but some of them are still wrestling. Yeah, it's so weird. So we got that Leo Rush thing. We also got Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah.
who just popped into the chat. Hello, Kristen. You did miss the ham chat. Uh, and then we had, um, then we had uh, 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 Dan Lambert, right, who cut another promo with uh, with the the Scorpio Sky and um, what's his face, Ethan Page. I like I I like how they're doing this um, butt hurt wrestler gimmick thing. I think it's fun. I I like how they're approaching it. It makes sense. And finally, we finally got Sammy Guevara defeating Miro for the AEWTNT title. This was a good wrestling match. And you know what was great about how it concluded, how it came forward, how it ended? We, we've been... Sammy beat Miro in the way that We've been told over the past couple of weeks, leading in from Eddie Kingston, right? Eddie Kingston had told us how to beat Miro. It's his neck. You got to go for his neck. His neck is the problem. So what did Sammy do? He went for the neck. I love how this all tied in to past weeks of storytelling. That that that, that was Miro's Achilles heel, right? His Achilles neck. I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a very, very good match. And then on top of that, he hits the the tornado DDT, right? Fuego's move. He hits the GTR. He hits his, what is it? A 680? A 6... Um, six, uh, 680, right? I don't... There's so many rotations. I, I lose track of the numbers. <laughs> But I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was a very good match. And then and then the discourse. Wrestling fans are weird sometimes. 630, thank you, thank you. Not 680, 630, thank you, chat. Um, how, for how long has the discourse been on the internet? Sammy Guevara is a champ. Sammy Guevara is one of the most important guys for the AEW. He's one of the he's one of the young talents that they can that they can uh, lean into. He's fantastic. What a great wrestler. Great guy. But <laughs> then and they're like, can't wait for him to be a champion. He becomes a champion. Now people are like, well, don't you think it's a little soon? I'm like, what? What are we waiting for? What were we waiting for? In order to pull the trigger on Sammy Guevara winning the TNT title. Is it because we didn't want him to lose to Miro? Maybe. That, that is actually an argument that you could make. But just flat out saying, oh, no, too early. Wasn't the time. This wasn't it. Nope. It's like, well, when, when do you bank on your young stars then? When do you turn around and be like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. It's time. And you know what? Sammy's push has been slow. They've established them. They gave him some big wins, put him in some big situations, and now boom. Give him the title. 
the timing was impeccable on it. This was the time to make it happen. It's good. It's good. I like it. I don't know why people wouldn't wouldn't get behind a Sammy Guevara finally winning the title. Because that's the thing is that at some point, if you keep saying that Darby and Jungle Boy and Sammy and MJF, like MJF pointed out uh, in his promo, all right, I have to mention that, uh, you know, that they're the four pillars of, um, that they're the four pillars of, uh, of AEW. Well, I'm like, okay, let's, uh, we have to start banking on them at some point. You can't spend the next 10 years saying these are the young guys who are going to carry the company into the next uh, millennium or whatever. Well, I like it. Congratulations to Sammy. It's good. And yeah, I didn't talk about MJF, his promo with Darby Allen. I'm just going to talk about... I liked it in the sense that this is the most MJF thing to do. Where he's like, he just leans into something very, very tangibly real, very, very dark, and just leans into it, but so severely hard that it makes you uncomfortable. And it should make you uncomfortable because he's a despicable... You're not supposed to like MJF. That's the whole point. You're su- he, do- he, he purposefully pisses people off. That's his thing. He doesn't want you to like him. So... He goes through his promo with uh, challenging Darby who comes out and he basically starts to fuck with Darby because that's what he does because Darby starts being a smart mouth. It's like, oh, you want to be a smart mouth, huh, kid? Okay. Then he starts picking at the very tragic accident that is very well documented that Darby's talked about quite a bit about the that car accident that almost took his life but took the life of his of his um, of his uncle. And it got very uncomfortable. And I'm like, ooh. And he's like, eh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Darby's like, look, it's okay. You know, it, MJF goes and he says, you know, I think the wrong person died that day. I'm like, wow, Jesus, this is, uh, it, it tastes real, doesn't it? Darby's like, oh, whatever, man. We're going to leave it as, at that. And he says, you can't break me mentally. And MJF takes that as a challenge. So I can't break you mentally, huh? Okay, cool. Now, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Why would I? I'm getting... The, the, the scene kind of gave me Seamus Jeff Hardy alcoholism vibes, right? That It sort of hit me in the same place and... You know, if anyone was around when I was uh, doing the the recaps, the SmackDown recaps over at Fightful, yeah, I comp- I trashed that angle every moment I got it because it was despicable, it was bad, and um, especially considering Jeff Hardy's history and his and the fact that he was very prone to uh, to relapsing, 
eh, I wasn't very excited about. I thought it was a shit angle, and I still do. Now, I'm not saying that this is what they're going to do, but I get that feeling. I got a, you know, a little pit in my stomach going, mm, this uh, feels a little too real, you know? Look. I, I will defer judgment as we go along. I thought the angle... Uh, I, I I thought the angle uh, on Dynamite was interesting. I like that it made me feel uncomfortable. Let's see how it goes. Let's talk about extreme rules. Go through this. I didn't think it was a bad show. By the way, if you're listening right now, give the video a thumbs up. Why don't you? That kind of stuff is cool. Um, extreme rules. Let's uh, let's check. Hey, William Davis, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, let me go through this a little bit. I did uh, look. I went off on so many tangents. Like we're 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 running we're running uh, we're running low on time. <laughs> Evan Wright, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Uh, the, uh, the show started off, well, the pre-show kicked off with, uh, Liv Morgan defeating Carmella, and I don't know why anyone would care about that. Then we got to the, the, and that, and it's a shame, it's a shame, it's a shame because, uh, the women's division, right? Because, uh, you know, they should be warming up, they should be warming up women contenders for their SmackDown championship, but look, you all know what happened later on. Um... Then for some reason, unannounced, uh, unadvertised, I should say, the New Day, like all three guys, WWE Champion Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods defeated Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omas, the very tall gentleman, uh, in a six-man tag, which happened because none of those people really like each other. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know why it took them this long. Hang on, let me rephrase that. It's strange that it took them that long to put their WWE champion on the pay-per-view because they hadn't announced a match for him at all. They didn't do anything for him. Probably because they hadn't planned for Big E to be champion and they sort of they they sort of uh hot-shotted it. Um not hot-shotted it, but uh they sort of um, spontaneously decided to go down this route with Big E so that you know, the plans that they had all meticulously set up for uh, for Extreme Rules, you know, the, you, you couldn't diverge from that too far. You you wouldn't want Big E to have his first big pay-per-view title defense to, you know, uh, while he's, you know, still hot. And no, 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 you, you wouldn't want that just yet, right? Right, of course not. Uh, so, I, I mean, nothing wrong with the match. You, you can't say that the, looking at all the talent in the ring except for Omas... There's no one here. There's nothing here that says this match is going to be a disaster. And it was fine. But it's just like it's the kind of thing that you see on Raw as well all the time. So nothing really special about it. It just was there. Kind of happened. Good. Fine. Let's move on. WWE SmackDown Tag Team China Champions The Usos successfully retained their titles against the Street Profits. Um, like, I, I don't know... There was nothing to really get excited about because, again, this is a match we've seen dozens of times 
this year. And if anyone had real expectations that the Street Profits could possibly maybe win the titles, um, you must be new to WWE. There was no way that the Bloodline were dropping anything. Absolutely not. WWE Raw Women's title was also on the line. Charlotte Flair, the champion, defeated Alexa Bliss. Um, I kind of dug the final stretch of this. I thought I thought the final stretch of the match was was pretty dope. Um, and Alexa was bumping. She was like I, I thought that I it felt like a match for Alexa anyway that was designed to shut up a lot of criticisms that people have about her. Like, she doesn't wrestle, she doesn't bump. She put in a lot of effort. Two women worked really, really hard in this match. Um, I, you know, I just, you know, it, it was a solid wrestling match. Again, nothing that you can, nothing on in regards to the quality of it. And then the whole fucking tearing up the doll angle look i i i'm on the record i said this i tweeted it out and i talked about it over the past couple of weeks they'd been really uh, um toning down the magic nonsense with alexa bliss right there was no more winking dolls no more dolls chasing uh women down uh flashing hallways you know with the lights flashing and appearing in mirrors they were done with you know they were really toning down that shit so when they did their promo in the ring one next to each other like i was like okay so when are the lights going to go out and charlotte's the lights are going to come back out and charlotte's going to be covered in goo that kind of shit it didn't happen instead it was like look alexa bliss if her character is i'm crazy i'm just nuts you know, a la Harley Quinn. And again, I don't have a problem with wrestling aping pop culture references. Wrestling's been doing that for decades. For as long as I can remember watching wrestling. This is something that's always happened. So I don't have a problem with it. So if they're if they want her to be like a just just nuts, I can get behind that. Something like that, it's cool. That's fine. The improv warm-up mirror exercises the, of the hypnotism. That shit I can't stand. I'm like, this is stupid, and it's dragging down the match, and everyone looks like a fucking moron. Charlotte and her had a good promo. And why wouldn't they have a good promo? They're both good on the stick. What are you going to do? This match was okay. But the whole thing then... Charlotte, she tears Lily apart. And it just takes, it lasts forever after Alexa, like, crying over her torn up doll. And she's just in the agony and then walks all the way up to the ramp. And they're doing the thing, right, where commentary doesn't speak. You know, to sort of emphasize the drama of what's happening, right? You know, like when someone gets really injured, you know, commentary goes silent because it emphasizes how dramatic what's going on you know we can't you know this is poignant not poignant it's bullshit 
and it took so long. And I think it's it's the voices of wrestling guys on on Twitter. They 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 tweeted out they spent more time showing Alexa agonizing over the loss of her torn up doll than they spend with wrestlers who just won their world title celebrating with the world title after a match. It's absurd. It now, if this means that we're done with the Lily doll, we're done with the magic and the nonsense, I am all for it. Let's move on. Probably means that the Lily shit wasn't selling all that much. I'm cool with that. Keep Alexa, keep Alexa Bliss being insane, just like, you know, the wrestling business broke my brain kind of thing. I I think that could be a lot of fun. My favorite match of the night, uh, Damian Priest retained his United States title in a triple threat match against Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Uh, this ruled. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Just a, a whole bunch of guys beating the shit out of each other. Um, Damian Priest and Sheamus, we've seen it so many times. We even saw it the next night on Monday Night Raw. Throwing Jeff Hardy in there was a lot of fun, and I'm glad. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit. I'm not gonna complain about oh this came out of nowhere if put Jeff Hardy in these types of matches keep him off of the 24-7 shit Jeff Hardy is a legend and people love the Hardys to this day get him in there get some great babyface reactions and they're doing so good with Damian Priest right now they're doing so good with Damian Priest he's coming off great he was made for main roster his time in NXT was a wash. He was made for main roster. It's going very, very, very well. He's been having some really good matches with uh, with Sheamus. This it's been good. I've been digging this a lot. But then again, you know, uh, Sheamus is the unsung hero of uh, of WWE these days. Becky Lynch uh, and uh, Bianca Belair went to a no contest. That's right. A no contest on your big, big rematch. Because Sasha Banks... Okay. This was the kind of match that I was looking at it. I was looking at Becky and Bianca. Two women that I that I really like. And I think are superstars. And I really, really like them. And I'm watching them wrestle, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, "This is a, a this is a solid wrestling match. They're working hard, but I can't get. I I'm not connected to this match. N nothing is working for me right now. There, the, I was missing that emotional spark, that something, to make it really, really exciting for me to make me pop out of my seat and go, whoa." It just felt like a series of events. You know what I mean? Just like stuff happening for 16 minutes. And I think it went a little too long. It went a little too long for something that didn't have like an, an emotional investment in it. And the whole thing came to a crashing halt when um, uh, Sasha Banks ran in to sort of spoil the broth. Surprise return. And... 
you know, screw Bianca out of getting some heat back and just leaving Becky laying out. I don't know. Are we going for a triple threat next? Is that where we're heading? Like, I... It's so easy. It's so easy to make things more complicated. Because <laughs> all of this has been just an overthinking of booking from top to bottom. And you still, Becky still comes out and people are cheering for her. You have little girls going, woo! You have the signs. You have big match becks. You have people going crazy for her. And yet, you, oh, you got to boo for her. You got to boo her. And you hear it. You hear the... You hear them turning down the booze as she comes out. You hear it. Uh, not the booze, the, the the cheers. You hear them put, uh, gotta lower this a little bit. You're not supposed to do it. And I'll say it again. I don't care if it was Becky's idea. Because for some reason, that's like a pass. Oh, Becky came up with the idea, so that's cool. It, it's not a good idea. It's not. Just because a wrestler comes up with it doesn't make it a better idea. Nikki Ash is not a good idea. I'm glad that Nikki's idea got picked, that she came up with it and creative was open for it, and, but it's still not a good idea. And then the big one. <laughs> Roman Reigns defeated the demon Finn Balor to retain his universal title in the only Extreme Rules match on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. What a what an absolute ass show for that. Your whole gimmick here was the one night of the year where WWE superstars can get extreme, you know, and there'll be violence in it. And there's one match that has an extreme, that's an extreme rules match. And may, please ask me, Warren, you can go, well, hang on a second. Let's do this properly. Uh, Warren, yes. Uh, what is uh, the nature of extreme rules match? Oh, well, an extreme rules match is basically anything goes. Uh, you can use, uh, you, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, no disqualifications. There's, uh, you can use as many items, uh, objects as you like. Everything is at your disposal. You can fight anywhere. You just have to pin a guy in the ring or submit him. That's all. Oh, so it is your uh, run-of-the-mill uh, no disqualification match. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, thank you very much, Warren, for this e uh uh, 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 explanation that was uh, very, very clear. You're welcome. That's what I hate about it. It's like, on top of that, it's like, it, it, an Extreme Rules doesn't have anything more to offer than a stupid, everyday, no DQ match. It's not even, it's not, it sounds exciting, but it sounds unique, but it's just, it's the same thing. It's just the same, it's just a, a, a no DQ match. We all saw the footage. I made fun of it. I made a little video about it on, on Twitter.com. 
And that uh, Botchamania is probably going to use. Finn Balor at some point, he gets attacked by the Usos. And they just nail him. They just, you know, they beat him with everything. But then all of a sudden, the lights go red. And then the heartbeat thing at the start of the theme uh, of the demon's theme starts to play. And then Finn Balor was passed out dead on the floor. Gets, uh... He, he he starts getting, uh, he defibrillates. Hey, Evan Wright! Thank you for becoming a member to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. I appreciate it, man. So he starts to defibrillate. like He starts to spasm on the floor with every heartbeat. And then he gets back up and then he starts wrecking ass. And then people get excited. And they're like, whoa, he's going to do it. And he's tossing fools around. He's beating the shit out of Roman. Tosses him back into the ring. Goes to the top rope to do the coup de grace. And the top rope snaps and snaps like it gives way. It, it's it's not an accident, right? Like uh, uh, Finn Balor is not a super heavyweight, right? He's a cruiserweight. He's like under 220. He's like 195. Two, he's two old, he's 200. He's, I'm, I'm convinced he's like barely 200 at the most. The fucking cable like gives way and he falls into the ring. Roman gets up. Spears him, kills him, we're done. Now, this is, this is, this is the most WWE finish, right? Like, this is the most, absolutely most world wrestling entertainment finish you could get. Because you're into this match, you're invested in it, and the crowd was hot for this. The crowd was nuts. On their feet for Finn Balor getting back up, wrecking ass, breaking faces, then going up onto the top rope, and then when when uh, when Roman speared him, the place just went dead. It's not even booze were like the energy sucked out of the room because the only way WWE seems to be able to do is like, oh, we need to do this convoluted ending. Because we, you know, we just can't have, you know, a fucking regular end to a fucking wrestling match, right? And it pissed me off. It, I was like, what a great comeback. Why did this lead into the finish? A finish that went against the guy. For At this point, like if I'm WWE, if I'm Vince McMahon backstage and I'm in gorilla position and I'm looking at this audience going absolutely apeshit. For Finn Balor mounting the comeback. I'm calling an audible. I'm calling the ref in the ring. Said, we're changing the finish. Tell Roman. Tell Finn we're changing the finish. Go to the finish. That's what I'm doing. Why? Because you're supposed to get your audience into this shit. You're supposed to get them excited. They're supposed to be up on their feet. Watching a wrestling match. And, yes, let's do this shit. And get them excited. Give the fans something, a payoff. Don't be afraid of running out of pops. Don't, don't be afraid that you're going to scare away the casuals. Do, just give the audience what they like and what they were really into this. It would have been surprising and we'd all, we, we, we would have spent the entire week, this week, talking about that finish, how WWE made something very bold, something unexpected that we didn't see coming. 
absolutely 100% convinced that we'd still be talking about it today in good terms as opposed to the nonsense that we got. But here's the thing. Swiss roll, Chris, good to see you. But here's the thing. This is the one thing that still boggles my... The people who were out there saying they protected the demon. The demon is effectively... The, the, what made the demon special was that when it was when Finn when Finn would pull it out, that means that means he'd win. It was a victory because the demon is supposed to be near invincible, and he only comes out in very very special moments, right? I don't think this was a special moment for the demon to begin with because Finn was a non-entity just about a month ago when this. Uh, in the uh, in the uh, universal title picture situation, because remember he came to sign his contract, but then he was punked out, and John Cena came and took the contract and signed his name on the contract instead, and then somehow Finn Balor disappears for weeks, and then he comes back after after John Cena's done with his business. It's it's so stupid. So even to begin with, it didn't feel like a situation where. The, the demon was necessary. But Vince saw this and was like, oh, pal, Halloween's coming up. We're going to be able to sell all sorts of T-shirts. We got to put the demon back on TV so that people will say, wow, he's cool. I want to get dressed as the demon for Halloween. For sure, okay? Merch. That's why they did it. There's no other reason. Because there was no reason for the demon to be there. And read my lips. I want... I. Everyone, listen to me. The demon was not protected. That's not how you protect a wrestler. A wrestler getting, eating a finisher and getting pinned in the ring after a goofy mishap is not protection. Bobby Lashley losing the cash-in after wrestling a 18-minute match in which Randy Orton focused on a body part only to have Big E come in and use that body part and use the fact that Lashley was exhausted from the first match to begin with. That is protecting a wrestler. The demon was speared and covered clean in the middle of the ring, that is not protection. That's not what it is. That is a loss. It's an L. And it's funny because a lot of the people who are out there saying the demon didn't take the L, the, the demon was protected, he didn't lose, that are defending the loss are usually the same people who are going to come around and say wins and losses don't matter. They matter enough for you to start talking about the demon being protected when he clearly wasn't. Was it shit? Yes, it was shit. It's a terrible finish. And it's to the point, I don't even remember the match. 
just like I don't remember uh, Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt Hell in a Cell match. I don't remember the match. I hope Finn. I hope Finn Balor is being is happy that he's. He doesn't need to be dropped on his neck anymore in New Japan to make to make a living, to make a good living. That all he has to do is look like a goof and get a big bag of a big bag of cash at the end of the day. I hope he is. And all the power to him. Like if I if I were paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to act like a jerk. To act like a goof. Not saying I wouldn't do it. Because this is a guy that they didn't know what to do with on main roster. To the point that they send him back to NXT. Where he has legitimately a rejuvenation of his career. Where everyone who was familiar with Finn Balor pre-WWE, the Prince Devitt years and so on and so forth. People got excited to see him because we saw shades of that guy. And now we circle back to this. We're exact. We're at the same spot that they were with Finn Balor, not knowing what to do, to do with him, putting him in a, oh, a, a world ma- title match, but you know, he's not really going to win. The only difference is that he's not smiling as much and he's wearing a leather jacket, like a different leather frock because he was wearing one the last, but now it's different. And he's a little shaggier. He looks a little more aggressive. You can tell Vince still still tells him, go out there and smile. Because he smiles. He didn't smile in NXT. The minute he comes back onto main roster, he starts smiling again because Vince is like, whatever you did in NXT, I don't give a shit. Uh, You're back to smiling. Do the thing and smile. Can I do the, uh, can I do the, 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 the finger guns thing? No, 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 no finger guns. Not, you don't do finger guns and smile. Bullshit. I really did talk too much about the about the roads to riches, roads, roads wild show. <laughs> um. Just before we go out, I'll talk about the draft. I know a lot of people are excited about the WWE draft. A lot of people get excited every year. You know, I see, you know, everyone does mock drafts and, but at this point, you know, they're just moving the pieces around in an environment where creative does nothing interesting with them. So it doesn't matter. It it doesn't, it doesn't matter where they end up. Because it doesn't matter where, where they end up because you're, you're still stuck in the same patterns. And here's, here's when any, whenever anyone talks about the draft and people get excited about the draft and they're like, oh, the draft, the draft. We're always talking about the top of the cart. We're talking about, this is the, this is the main talking part, right? Drew McIntyre. Who's the top guy? 
he has to go to SmackDown like that. And I agree with that, right? That's the main talking point is that, oh, and Big E is going to go to Raw because you can't have both champions on SmackDown. And you're always talking about the top guys, Roman, Brock, the four horsewomen, right? You got to split them up. Becky and Sasha on one end, send Bailey to Raw. Raw needs the top tier women, which is true also, by the way. But you ne- no one really then talks about, you know, the rest of the card because there's no mid card to get excited about. Look, there's no mid card on SmackDown. Raw has some good things going for it, right? They have, you know, Riddle Styles, who technically is a top guy, right? Uh, Sheamus, Damian Priest, like they, they've got something going there. But on SmackDown, on SmackDown, Sell me the mid card. Nakamura? Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens has been on and off. They don't know what to do with Kevin Owens these days. You know, fair rumors that he might be leaving. So why would you invest? Anyway, look. You need to have an emotional investment in your entire card for this draft to mean something. One of the things we I, I feel people don't talk about enough is how good the mid card on AEW is because from top to bottom, people are excited to see these people. And the matchup, people fantasize about matchups because the mid card is well put together. SmackDown doesn't have a mid card. SmackDown has 20 20 to 25% of a two hour showing of SmackDown on a Friday night is dedicated to bell-to-bell wrestling action. A quarter of the show or a fifth of the show is wrestling. The rest is all nonsense. Mid There's some good mid-card elements on Raw, but other than that, do you want to split them up and send them to SmackDown in the no-man's land? SmackDown is not a good show, wrestling-wise. It's not. It's systematically the main wrestling, main weekly wrestling television show that has the least amount of wrestling on it. Systematically, week after week. And then when you start talking about the draft outside of Drew and, you know, the possibility of Drew versus Roman, what do you, what, what does Nakamura bring more to Raw or to SmackDown? I don't give a shit. Who, who cares where Happy Corbin ends up or Apollo Crews? Roman, Drew, Bobby Lashley, the the horsewomen. That's all people talk about. And then when you're done with that, it's like, well, uh, everyone sort of smushes together because everyone is interchangeable. More than that, everyone is expendable. Who here has done a, a WWE mock draft? Seriously, listening right now. Who has done a mock draft and was like, I'm super stoked at the idea of Reggie heading to SmackDown. Or 
oh, but Warren, they're going to, there's rumors that they're going to pull people up from, from NXT. Well, that kind of sucks, actually. Because there's a lot of people in NXT right now that I find pretty interesting. Big rumors that hit row is going to go up. Really? Dollar sign, what's his name? Big dollar, $50? What's his name? He He's a dweeb. I guess he belongs on main roster then. Shane Strickland on main roster, that sucks. He's never, he's never gonna, he's never gonna shine on SmackDown. He's never gonna shine on Raw. Ashante the, uh, uh, Ashante, he's great too. And he's gonna be chasing, he's gonna be chasing the 24-7 title within 18 months. It sucks. It sucks because we should be exciting. And of course, the stupid thing is that they're doing this a couple of months before Survivor Series, the brand supremacy thing, where you're just, you've just recreated your, your brand affiliations, your brand, brand loyalties, and we're supposed to care about it? There's nothing, there's nothing there. This is what they should do with the with the draft if they at least want to make it interesting and make Survivor Series worth something if they want the draft to actually be some kind of meaningful. Make it happen after the holidays. Back in January, give WWE fans something exciting, a little uh, a little nugget on TV that they can get excited about coming back from the the exhaustion of the holidays, you know, everyone's sort of like in that mood, you know, post-turkey and presents and all of that. And you're staying in because you blew all your money during the holidays buying gifts. So you're not going out to shows and all that stuff. Do, do the, the, the roster, uh, the, the draft thing after the holidays. It's Royal Rumble season. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's every man for himself. It has no implications on the Royal Rumble. And then you'll be able to drag out this brand thing, this brand division, this brand loyalty thing. You could stretch it out right till next Survivor Series. And then Survivor Series in and about itself, give the goddamn show some stakes. Stop making it be about brand supremacy, where the, this idea of brand supremacy is important only in one place. There's only one place where this brand supremacy thing is important and makes sense, and that's in Vince McMahon's head. That's the only place where it matters. Uh, 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 instead of doing that, give the match, like the winning team uh, gives the first, uh, the for the brand gives the first draft pick for their brand at uh, at the um, at the at, at the draft after the holidays, and then but and then give give some stakes for the wrestlers because the wrestlers honestly they don't give a shit they shouldn't give a shit about brand loyalty like it doesn't matter what's in it for them right what's in it for the wrestlers well why don't you have the winner the winning team be in claim the later positions in the royal rumble yeah you have you know the team one the the winning team has seth rollins and uh riddle left over so seth rollins and riddle are numbers 30 and 29 or have them fight for which position for number 30 or number 20 like stakes man stakes 
Steaks, steaks, steaks. What shit? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know why people get excited about the brand, about the about the draft. Because we're we're really going we're really going to get we're really going to be at the same at the same spot at the exact same spot where we were. We're just shuff, we're just shuffling pieces around, and don't forget, don't forget last year, right? When we got to the draft, I remember distinctly peeping people saying. You know, oh, uh, great opportunity here to split, you know, to keep Rey Mysterio and um, and Seth Rollins away from each other, right? Finally, we can split that up so that we can get some reprieve from that fucking feud, right? They drafted everyone from that feud to SmackDown. Seth Rollins, Rey, and Dominic. And they continued the feud. And Buddy Murphy. And they continued the feud. And blah. I had one person tell me about Extreme Rules. At least last year we had someone poking another guy's eye out. I'm like, no, this that's not a that's not a thing. That's not something. No, I'm not. I, I'm not lowering the bar here. The eyeball thing last year sucked. It was stupid. It's on the same level as stupid as the demon falling off the top rope. It's that same level of stupid. It's just another another flavor. Like ice cream. Stupid is like ice cream. You can have chocolate flavored stupid. You can have raspberry, strawberry flavored stupid. Vanilla bean stupid. Pistachio stupid. Red uh, 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 chocolate ripple. Rocky road stupid. All sorts of flavors of stupid. That was the weekly wrestling inspection. Um, two scoops is stupid. <laughs> Thirty-two flavors is stupid. I think I might be on to something here. <laughs> Uh, hey, if you're a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, and I hope you are, and if you're not, consider doing so. But if you are, we're going to keep talking about the draft. That's what we're doing tonight. We're heading over, uh, over to the post stream in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to fire that up for members only, and we're going to talk about the draft. I want you to, I want us to talk about the WWE draft. I want you to tell me, I want people to talk to me about what their big moves should be. What, what, what are, what are we expecting out of this draft? I'm excited to see uh, stupid with some dipping dots. <laughs> the uh, what am I talking? Yeah, the draft. Come and talk about the draft. I mean, I know I just like I'm, I'm like I gave you the impression that I, I that uh, that I hate the draft. I don't hate the draft. I think it's I think it's fun. It's just WWE just doesn't follow through, and it ends up just being another thing they do that. Is utter that is otherwise meaningless. Anyway, 
Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, for showing up tonight because this was a lot of fun. Um, what am I doing? Yeah, tomorrow night. G1 coverage continues. 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about nights 7 and 8. Night 7 was pretty fun. I had another... Uh, had a, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, uh, it was a good little uh, wrestling wrestling show that we got. So I'm excited to to discuss more about it. Uh, so I'll be doing that. Otherwise, uh, you know, come and join me next week. Come and join the Mister Warren Hayes Discord. Have a good time, y'all. Otherwise, have a great. Uh, just have great. Just have a great time. We'll talk to you soon.